welcome oh welcome back this is talk your shit with deja where we dropped out because not only can i talk my shit but i want you to talk your shit too hope you all are doing well this week i am y'all uh well actually i've been having a hard few days um but we kind of talk about it or whatever um so if you tuned in last week uh all the way to the end you'll know what we're talking about this week but in the event that you did not i'll give y'all a refresher we're gonna be talking about abandonment you know that heavy word that we gotta dive into because a lot of people be going through abandonment things and i don't even think they didn't they know that it's rooted in abandonment fears or things of that nature um, but yeah, we're going to dive into it um, because like I said last week, we're going to get deep for real. Like this next few weeks, like the end of this month and all of May, we're going to get deep and we're going to do some healing and some learning and everything of that nature. And y'all going to get to know me. Y'all going to get to know me, know me, um, because these t- the next few topics or the next two topics, which is this abandonment thing and then. Um, I'm not going to do a part one and part two. I'm going to try to get everything into this video. So it's just going to be a part one, <laughs> just the one. Um, and then next week, I'm going to introduce healing your inner child and what that looks like. And then all throughout the month of May, y'all going to come on the journey with me of healing my inner child. So each week before I do the podcast or record the podcast, I'm going to go through and do like the letter to myself and everything of that nature. And let you all know like what that looks like for me um and kind of come on here with you all and share that journey with you all and so maybe you could get an idea of you know i need to do this myself because that looks like it might actually help so i get to share that um so that's what's going to be the month of may is going through me in my elementary school years my middle school years my high school years my college years and now um as an adult um outside of school life and just talking to myself being that support system for myself providing myself a space to actually say what i might have been feeling in those moments um and really just giving myself those words of affirmation or you know being that support that maybe I didn't get in those times. So that's going to be the month of May. So y'all get ready, buckle up. We finna go deep into Dejanae's life. Because what I say, if I can't talk my shit, I can't talk my shit on y'all. Like, I got to be able to talk my shit on myself. Um, So that, that involves me letting y'all into my life. And I don't mind letting y'all in my life. My life is it's lit. <laughs> it's boring a little bit compared to some people, but hey, it's lit. So I don't mind letting y'all in and coming on this journey with me. But like I said, for the first year, this podcast is for me. Um, it's helping me to heal certain things. It's helping me to process certain emotions, go through certain thoughts. So um, that's what the month of May is going to be. It's just going through what it's like to heal your inner child. So I hope y'all ready. But today, like I said, we're going to talk about abandonment and the fear of abandonment because i think within the black community we have such a abandonment issue in general and considering you know majority of the well is it majority i think majority of the households are raised without um fathers in the household so you're raised with single mothers and being that you're raised with some single mothers sometimes you probably have mothers that are emotionally unavailable um or you know 
are not attentive to your needs. So there's so many different times in, in our childhood that we have faced abandonment that we probably never even knew how to process or knew how to get through and stuff that we kind of just pushed to the side and kept going. Um, but it has now impacted how you interact and show up in relationships with other people. So I want to be able to go through it because y'all know that I found a website, baby, because websites, Google, <laughs> she going she gonna to show me everything I need to know about my life. So, of course, I found a website on abandonment. So I just want to go through the information on there. And then, you know, I kind of been going through abandonment my own self. Um, so I think this episode is going to be perfect for me. Like when I tell y'all, I already got to look at the episode like four times because I got to edit. Then I got to um, watch it when they come out on YouTube. And then I have to clip it up and do reels. So I've been on looked at the video four times, but I think this one I'm going to have to look at more because it's really going to help me because I've been dealing with abandonment all my life, but the, the triggering and the bringing it back up has been so much more escalated in the last year or so, um, due to the relationship I have with a friend. Um, so I just want to go through it and share my experiences, share my, um, life story and how it correlates to the information I'm going to present to y'all. So come on this journey with me because I'm ready to go. And, you know, hopefully I can encourage you all to take that deep dive into y'all own histories or y'all's life so that y'all can start healing and start attracting that good energy because we got to start putting out good energy to get it back. Um, and the only way to do that is you got to be able to get through those bad things, not continue to repress them. Um, but actually be able to kind of address them, you know, don't repress, address. Yeah. So y'all know me. I love a good definition, right? So we're going to go through the like, what does it mean to have a fear of abandonment? So what it says on the website is that fear of abandonment is the overwhelming but unwarranted fear that people you love will leave you physically and or emotionally. So basically just being scared of the people you have built a bond with um, in your life, leaving out of your life um, or cutting off physically, not physically, cutting off uh, emotionally. So like you losing that vulnerability with that person. Um, and then it says um, fear of abandonment can stem from a variety of developmental experiences, including loss and trauma. So mostly where this uh, is rooted is within childhood. Um, there's so many things that could have eluded or reflected abandonment within your childhood. Like for me, the the biggest one, like I just mentioned, is growing, growing up in a household without a father. Um, so that abandonment was already like crazy in and of itself. And I think for me too, it was kind of hard because he was in and out. Like there'd be moments where he's in, there'd be moments where he's out. Um, just due to his own circumstances, like he'd have moments where he's in, then he's out. Um, the only time where he's kind of been consistently in my life was around the time that my little brother was born, but that was 14 years ago, 13 years ago. How old is Cameron? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I like I do, but I'm not trying to do math. I want to say 14 years ago. 
Um, I think he's 14. Yeah, he's 14, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 14. 14, 14, 14, <laughs> yo, I'm sorry, I'm trying to do math, it's sad, I should know how old my brother is, but I'm getting old, y'all, excuse me, but yeah, so that was 14 years ago that he was in our life consistently, and then when he came in there, he crossed a big boundary that, you know, has impacted the relationship that me and him has had since then, Um, so now it's to the point where I don't even converse don't care to converse none of that um i definitely don't have any hard feelings anymore and like i said before i think there will be a time where i'll be able to really have a conversation i mean in the event that something happens to him before i have the conversation i ain't gonna be upset but i think there may be a time where i'll be able to really have a conversation now whether he's gonna be willing to open up i don't know but just ask like what transpired like why was he a terrible ass father like and just ask him just like that but um and really address things but yeah that's where my abandonment issues started and then of course little things start happening after that um i think another big one for me is losing friends um from middle school to high school so Middle school, I went to neighborhood middle school with everybody I went to elementary school with. But high school, I didn't go to the neighborhood high school that everybody went to. I went to a whole different high school. So I lost all of my friends, <laughs> all of them. Um, and I've had a hard time making friends ever since. Um, like, not necessarily that I don't connect with people, but I literally have to be around you consistently on a consistent basis for me to even form a relationship with you at this point. Um, so that has played a part in some of the abandonment things, but mostly my abandonment is rooted in guys because of that lack of masculine presence. Um, I think when you don't have a certain energy within your life, you are constantly seeking that. So like for men, depending on how your feminine presence showed up in your life, you either care about it or you don't. Like you either really, really, really want a feminine presence or you don't because of how it showed up in your life. For me, because I was raised in a household with no masculine presence, I yearn for it. I have always searched for it. Like my heart is it feels so incomplete without having a masculine presence. And that has caused so much turmoil in my dating life. Um, not to say I don't really been through so much. Like again, compared to other people, my stuff is minuscule, but it's my stuff and I don't had to go through it. And I know it's probably other people that go through it. So we got to talk about it. But then it says, and then the next thing it says is fear of bad. Fear of abandonment is arguably one of the most common and damaging fears. Facts. Um, it's it's hard uh, because we are not taught to be okay when people leave out of our lives. It's so hard to be okay when people leave out of our lives. Um, I don't necessarily recall being okay with my dad not being there. Like, I think I had to put up a defense mechanism and kind of fight it, but you know, for a little girl, I think every little girl wants their dad. Like, that's just a given. Like, if you could ultimately choose to have a dad, you would want it. So 
I think when you kind of put up this facade, like, oh, I don't need no dad, or I ain't care that I didn't have a dad, like, it's more so of a defense mechanism, but not necessarily the truth. Like, if I could have chose to have a dad, I would have chose to have a dad. Um, I think that's the biggest thing for me now in having children is making sure that I have children with a dad that's actually going to be in the children's life. Um, I I fear bringing a child on this earth and not being able to give them a dad just because of how much it has like burdened me. Um, so yeah, <laughs> when you don't have that masculine presence, you're always searching for it. Um, so yeah, that fear of abandonment thing is real, especially for for not like especially for those relationships because again, that masculine presence. It could be the worst masculine presence in your life, but it's a masculine presence and you don't want to lose it. Um, so it takes a lot of healing and learning that it's okay for people to go when they don't do you any good or when they don't mean you any good or when they're harmful to your life. Um, but because you didn't heal that child that didn't know that it was okay, you move through life or move through adulthood not knowing that it's okay for them to leave. Like, it's okay that they have to go because somebody else will come around and they can replace that spot. But yes, so some different things to look out for to be able to identify if maybe abandonment shows up in your life, like fear of abandonment shows up in your life. Um, so the way that I'm going to kind of go through them is like, I'm going to say some that are kind of aligned with your anxiously attached people and some that are aligned with your avoided people. And if you don't know what I'm talking about when I say anxiously attached or avoided, why? Why don't you know? Because what are you doing? Stop right now. Go check out the attachment style episode and wait, at it. Just go binge watch from the beginning because, you know, we might as well just watch all of them. But um definitely go watch the attachment style videos learn what anxiously attaches learn what avoidant is because that's how i'm going to kind of identify things on this list because each of these fall into either category um and i think that's because you know those are your insecure attachment styles usually insecure people battle the most with abandonment mm, see yeah <laughs> so for the first one um is attached quickly so we all know that, well, and if you don't know, go learn, and then you will know that that goes mostly with the anxiously attached. And then it says, even um, you may attach quickly, even to unavailable partners or relationships. So I've battled with that. Um, I'm not going to go too much deeper because there's a piece at the end that is going to be able to elaborate on all of this. Um, but yes, that's definitely your anxiously attached people. Um, we're going to attach quickly because we don't want to lose you. Where you going? I don't want you going nowhere. Don't go nowhere. Please don't go nowhere. So you attach quick. So, but, you know, for some people that can be a bit much. They call you clingy, overbearing, and all this other stuff. Then they run away. So you end up by yourself all, all over again. You don't want them to go nowhere, but then you end up pushing them away. Ain't that something? Um, but next is you fail to fully commit and have had very few long-term relationships. So that's probably going to be more so for your anxiously, no, no, for your avoidant attachment style people because they don't connect intimately um, or at the moment that emotions show up, they get 
they skedaddle, <laughs> of course they're gonna be uh they're gonna fail to fully commit to anyone. Um, it's just gonna be hard for them because once you do commit, now you have to worry about dang, I really don't let my guard down. Is they go go somewhere? Like I let them in. Is they going go somewhere? So. You know, you you are scared to do that, so you fail to fully commit, and your relationships usually stay kind of short term. Um, next is you move on quickly just to ensure that you don't get too attached. Again, that's probably for your avoidant people because you got to keep going. You know, at the moment that feelings come in, now it's just like, okay, when I let you in, are you going to go somewhere? Are you going to disappoint me? Are you going to leave me? So, yeah, that might be something that is causing... Abandonment may be the reason why you move on so quickly, you know? And then you aim to please. So that's going to be your anxiously attached person, quote unquote, me. Um, that people pleaser, you know? When you don't want nobody to leave out your life, you try to please them in any way that you can. But that comes back to the conversation uh, the conversation on boundaries and if you don't know about boundaries there's like four five six seven eight i don't even know how many episodes at this point but go like i said go watch all of them and you'll find out about boundaries but you know once you're able to identify what you're comfortable with what you're not comfortable with what you're willing to say yes to what you're willing to say no to you will not be so ready to please everybody that comes into your life so that they don't leave out your life um for me I haven't been this, like, I haven't did this for, like, every guy. There's, like I said, there's only four people that have entered this temple. But the last two, I know that that was a problem for me, aiming to please. I felt like sex had to be a part of it just to keep the relationship going or keep them talking to me or whatever. And they all end up falling, well, all. They both end up falling through the cracks just because there was no, no other substance there other than the sex and sex can't keep nobody like once the sex is like eh, once it's like over it's like what else am I here for so you try to please which necessarily I don't even know if they necessarily needed sex to stay around that's another thing too when you're aiming to please you may be doing it out of what you think will please them not even knowing what actually pleases them so I like, and that actually is a bullet point. Um, so the next one is engage in unwanted sex. This is common for women. So, you know, sometimes I think that us as women, especially now in today's society, I don't necessarily know if the whole sexual liberal empowerment thing is really real or if it's a whole bunch of women that are trying to secure somebody and they think sex is going to do it. Um, and I can't speak for everybody and I could be off. They really could be out here just throwing that thing because they want to throw that thing. But <laughs> I know for the times that I had sex, well, the last two times that I had sex with the two people, I did it just because I thought it was going to keep them around. I really did. Um, yeah, I wanted to have sex. I really wanted to, you know, enjoy the moment, but I also thought that it was going to keep them around. Um, I didn't think that I was going to be able to keep them around otherwise. Um, and that that shouldn't be the thought process of why you're having sex with somebody. Because sex is one of those, those situations where you can form bonds and stuff off of that. 
you should be doing it for a real reason and not just because you want to keep somebody around because um, for men, I think the way that they handle sex is completely different the way that we handle sex. So I think sometimes as women, we forget that sex is a lot more bonding for us than it is for men. Um, not to say that they can't bond because I think that in the cuddling stages and stuff of that nature or just doing intimate things, you're going to bond to them. But because we have specific hormones that release when we have sex and cuddle and things of that nature, we shouldn't just be doing it just to try and keep people around. It should be, they already want to be around and then you just want to share that experience with them. So, you know, if you find that you're somebody who just has sex so that people don't leave out of your life um, and that's not something you necessarily want to do, you know, it may be due to abandonment things. And then next is you stay in relationships no matter how unhealthy they are. Um, I haven't had anything that's been too abusive. Um, what I will say, though, is like my first relationship, there got to be a point where we would just argue about everything. Everything. I remember like when I was in school and I remember like him, he always called me like a girl, a little girl or something along the lines of like girl or child or something like that. And we would get into arguments about that because I'm just like, I'm a woman, like, I'm a grown-ass woman. Like, don't refer to me as a child or a girl. Like, that brought me the wrong way. There were just times where we just would go back and forth about something randomly. Like, and it just got to be to the point where we really couldn't even hang out without going back and forth about something. Like, we we're always just bickering and not even just enjoying each other's time. But neither one of us walked away from the situation. Like, we both noticed that we would just argue all the time. Like, it would just be us going back and forth, but nobody walked away. It wasn't until that, like, until I finally said, like, you deserve better. And I, I can't just sit in this because I'm comfortable. That I walked away from the situation and finally released the, the bond that we had. Because I, I think initially when we first got together, the bond was fire. And it was built on something amazing. But throughout the process, everything just started to crumble. And I think it was because he was in the midst of finding himself. I was in the midst of finding myself. And there was nothing that was keeping us coming back to each other as we were finding each other, like as we were finding ourselves. So we just started bickering about stuff because he was finding himself, I was finding myself, and I started advocating for myself and saying things for myself. So it's like, you couldn't come at me in a certain type of way without me being so fighty and want to react and stuff like that. So it just causes the bump heads. So don't say in anything that is, let me read it verbatim. <laughs> is unhealthy especially the the physical you definitely should not stay in something physical um i know it's hard to leave out of physical uh, physically abusive relationships um but don't stay in those but i mean even verbal you know if it gets to the point because like like i mentioned last week if y'all checked out last week i got to the point with him that i would say really mean and hurtful things and he would still stay there. And in my mind, I'm just like, 
I'm surprised I haven't ran you away off of that alone. But then you start to realize that that other person may be had like their insecurities or whatever may be the reason why they accepted me even saying that to them. Because there's some people that would be like, oh, you told me to do this. Oh, I don't even want to talk to you no more. But he stayed there and endured it and everything of that nature. So when you get to see that and then as you start healing and growing, you start to wonder like, why? Why did you endure that? Why did you sit through that? What was it that made you feel like you had to stay in this when it got verbally abusive? Because um, you shouldn't sit in anything that's verbally abusive. Um, have I been that way ever again? No, I haven't even yelled. Like, I don't yell at men anymore. I don't say mean and hurtful things to men anymore. But I also haven't gotten to that point. Like, with guy number two, he be getting me to that point, but I don't even feel the urge to say anything mean and hateful. Like, I've grown so much that it doesn't even feel necessary to go there. And I don't even know what I would say to him that would even, that would even make sense. Like, um, so, um, yeah, just don't say anything unhealthy, y'all. Um, because if you find yourself staying in something unhealthy, it could be due to abandonment. Um, next is you struggle with being hard to please and nitpicky. Ooh, y'all people that are out there that's nitpicky. Granted, guy number two would say that I was hard to please, but I wasn't. Honestly, if he would have gave me a relationship, I would have been happy to go like, no, I'm just kidding. I'm lying. There was a lot of inner work that I needed to do to be okay with that type of situation. Um, I was, I probably was never going to be um, pleased with the situation because I wasn't happy um, internally. So I couldn't be happy with whatever was going on externally. It was going to be hard to please um, if like, because I had this, idea of how everything should be set up or how everything should go there was going to be no pleasing me unless you gave me exactly what I asked for and a person can't give you exactly what you ask for all the time can they give you some of the things that you ask for yes if it aligns with who they are as a person but they can't always give you what you ask for so if you find yourself being nitpicky or hard to please it could be due to abandonment things. Um, but I wonder why. If you struggle with being hard to please and nitpicky, um, I don't know. Or maybe that could be for those avoidant people too. Um, that's not like something where like you kind of shut down. So then you start nitpicking at everything. I don't know. Uh, maybe it doesn't fall in the category. Um, but, you know, if you find yourself being hard to please or you nitpicky and you have to have everything or ooh, it could be having everything within your control, because at the moment you lose control of the situation, you could lose that person. So if you're nitpicky or hard to please, you're you're probably having some type of control of the situation. And that's the thing. And he told me all the time that. Uh, because, okay, I remember when we first met, I told him, like, I'm spoiled or whatever. And he brings that up all the time. And he's just like, you have such a hard time in this this situation because you don't have control of the situation. Like, you're not getting what you want. And that's the reason why you have a hard time in it. 
And that's real shit. Like, honestly, in that moment, I wanted a relationship. I wanted to be with him and stuff like that, but I couldn't get that. So yeah, when I did get those moments where he would come over and hang out with me, if he didn't do it the way that I wanted it to happen, because I had no control of the situation, I would like, yeah, that makes sense. Okay, that makes sense. Oh, sorry, y'all, I'll be thinking out loud. I'll be having to go through these uh, thoughts and everything. But yes, hard to please nitpicky because you have to have a sense of control. If you don't have no control of the situation, that means they can walk out your life at any time. Which, granted, they can do that anytime. Like, even if you have control of the situation, they will walk out your life at any time or be taken away from you. So it's just like, gotta be okay not controlling everything. Like, and be okay with what people give you. Um, and if you're not okay with what people give you, find somebody that's gonna give you what you're comfortable with receiving. In that moment, I wasn't comfortable not receiving a relationship, but I didn't know how to just walk away from the situation. So I felt like I had to control it. So my attitude would get bad and stuff like that. But then, you know, you end up just pushing people away anyway. So it kind of just, it's a double-edged sword or whatever. <laughs> but yeah, if you notice that you're hard to please and they're picky, it could be due to abandonment things. I'm learning, y'all. I'm learning stuff every day. <laughs> um, and then the next one is you have difficulty experiencing emotional intimacy. That's never been my problem. I'd be ready to tell people my whole life story, and I'd be ready to listen to everybody's whole life story. But maybe for your avoidant people, you have a, a hard time connecting with people. Um, because at the moment, again, that you are vulnerable you fear that they're just gonna leave out your life or they're gonna shut down or something along the lines of that. I would imagine because we're avoiding people, you had those times where your parents just shut down all of your emotions and they showed up emotionless too. So, you know, when you did have like those emotional times, your parents kind of shut it down and they didn't show any emotion. So now you show up in adulthood with other people emotionless because you weren't able to do that with your, your parents. Um, so I can definitely see why avoiding people or how that could fit into avoiding people. They're like something that could be rooted in abandonment for them is that emotional intimacy, not being able to form that because they weren't able to really form that when they were younger. But like for me, I didn't have that problem. I honestly be want to like emotionally connect with everybody, especially now, because I think I'm like that. What is it? The sapiosexual? Which one is the one where you like care about people's minds and stuff? I think it's sapio. So I'm like a sapiosexual. So I'm just ready to connect on the the mental level so quick. So that's not that's not a problem for me. I, I'll share my whole life story with you. Um, as long as you're willing to share yours with me, because I'm willing to learn if you're willing to share. Um, next is um, if you feel insecure and unworthy of love. Um, I think that probably be for anxiously attached people. Um, I personally don't know if I feel unworthy of love. I think I feel insecure in the attachment. Like, you know, because we are insecurely attached to people, I feel like insecure in those aspects like because i can't get the relationship from out of these people it just causes so much chaos within the situation that there's not any happiness um that can come from out of it um 
But because I'm anxiously attached, I overly attached and don't want to let them go. So it's just weird. But I've never felt like I was unworthy of love. Um, I did think that it's, it's hard to find it. And I sometimes be like, dang, what if I'm not my type's type? Like, what if I'm not my type's type? That's crazy to even think about. Because that might allude to not being worthy of love. Like, what if I'm not my type's type when in reality... You just never know who type you might be because beauty in the, is in the eye of the beholder. Like, I could really be my type's type, but because I'm already thinking that I'm not worthy of that type of person, it stops me from even putting myself out there in front of that person. So maybe I battle with that a little bit. Now just going through the thoughts and everything, but if you notice you battle with, you know, maybe those thoughts of what I just said or... Um, that inse those insecure feelings you may have um, that may be rooted in abandonment. Next is you find it hard to trust people. I don't have that problem. I'm good with trusting people. I trust you until the lie come out. And I pay attention. Like my ex, I will call him out on a lie so quick because I know him. I don't play me like a fool. I know when you're lying because I know when you're telling the truth. So I damn sure know when you're lying. So I don't have a problem trusting people. I just pay attention. Now you could tell me that you're lying or you could continue to say that you're not lying and then it's going to come out anyways because you're either going to tell me or it's going to come out that you're lying. So I don't really have a problem with trust. It is what it is. Like you can either be honest or you can lie. When I care about somebody, I don't know how to lie. I'm too honest. <laughs> I'm too honest sometimes. Like, But... You know, some people have a hard time being honest. Um, sometimes people have a hard time trusting others. When you notice that you have a hard time trusting others, it may be rooted in abandonment. So next is um, you are often jealous of everyone you meet. Nah, I think that probably could be for anxiously attached people, but that's not the case for me. Um, I don't get jealous that often. I really don't. I really don't. I think I'm more so like the only thing, the only thing I think I've been jealous of when it comes to like anything or anybody is like men not giving me the time that I want to receive. <laughs> like I'm jealous that, oh, you got to go to work. Oh, the job gets more time than I do. <laughs> you got to spend time with your family. Oh, your family gets more time than I do. But I think it's also because I haven't been able to kind of cultivate my own circle in my own life so of course you're going to be jealous of what somebody else does with their time when your time literally could all go to them but you know once you kind of make yourself a whole person to where you have activities you have your purpose you have things going on in your life you have friends and family that you want to be around they're just going to be like, okay, when we can't spend time together, great. When we can, great, because I got my own stuff going on that fills up the space when you're not in my space. So once I get that together, I think I ain't going to be jealous of nobody at all. But yeah, I don't be worried about like anybody else. Like that's jealousy is just not a thing. Um, I'm so nonchalant when it comes to other people. What am I, what, what I gotta be jealous of? Jealous? No, I'm just kidding. But yeah, if you notice that you're often jealous, <laughs> then you may have some issues rooted in abandonment. 
Um, the next one is experience intense feelings of separation anxiety. Um, I think with guy number two, I've been dealing with that a lot lately. Um, even last year, um, definitely this year. And I think it's because I actually got to see him and he disappeared. <laughs> but um, yeah, because I like last year was kind of more so it was weird. I don't know. I think when they say soul ties, like that's a real thing because he had a lot going on, which probably caused me to have like, it was just, I don't know. But it was a lot, but this year or the end of last year, I got to see him finally after three years of not seeing him. Um, I got to see him and then he left and he's going through like life situations and stuff of that nature. So it's caused him to pull back again. So I'm having really bad separation anxiety, not being able to talk to him and hear his voice and everything of that nature. It's really hard and I'm over here trying to figure it out. I'm trying to be better with giving space um, because I know that's been the biggest problem that I've had is just giving people space um, and allowing them to just be, you know, if they come back into my life, they'll come back into my life. If they want to, they'll come back. Um, so I've been working really, really hard on that. I have my days where I slip up and try to reach out and get met with no answer, but I've been trying to kind of just give space because before there was no space. I really crossed boundaries. Like when you tried to leave, oh baby, where are you going? But I'm trying to give space and work through the separation anxiety and why it gives me anxiety and all this other stuff. So yeah, I definitely know that that's rooted in abandonment, <laughs> but yeah. Um, and then it says next is you have feelings of general anxiety and depression. Depression was all last year. I haven't been depressed this year. I just mostly had anxiety. Anxiety around him has been the worst. Um, depression, that was last year. Last year, I was going through the motion. I didn't want to leave out this room. I was going through it. But this year, it's more so just been anxiety. Again, I think it's that separation anxiety because I got to see him and he left. And then I haven't talked to him. So it's just being apart from him. It's so hard, <laughs> but I'm working through it. Um, and then next is you tend to overthink things and work hard to figure out hidden meanings. <laughs> now that that used to be my life. Now I'm just trying to be like, okay, if he's not responding, he's just not responding. If he's not calling, he's just not calling. Um, I do know that, I do know backstories. So I know like, he has shit going on in his life. Now, is that the reason why he's not responding or texting right now? I don't know. I can't assume that. And I try not to let my mind go there to where I'm just like, okay, maybe he's going through this, that, that, and the third and all this other stuff. I try to just be like, okay, he's just not texting. He's not responding. He's not replying. He's not doing anything. And just trying to be okay with that and not trying to come up with all these justifications and all this reasonings and all this shit that he's not telling me and coming up with my own stories yeah i'm trying to stay sane <laughs> so yeah if you notice that you tend to overthink things and find your own meanings and justifications for why people are doing what they're doing then you may have some problems rooted in abandonment um 
but I, I'm, I'm definitely, I've been working on that because I used to do that a lot with people is start to be like, okay, maybe, maybe the reason why they did this is because I said this and da, 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 and all this other stuff. And it's like, nah, these days I'm just, just like, okay, he has a life <laughs> that doesn't revolve around me. He's already made that clear that, you know, he's focused on himself and things of that nature. Um, so when he reaches out, great. If he doesn't, I have to be okay with him not reaching out. But that's where that separation anxiety comes in at. It's so hard. I'm working on it. Progress, progress. Um, and then next is you are hypersensitive to criticism. Um, is that me? <laughs> it's I, I think it depends on who it's coming from. Um, if it's coming from a rando, I don't really care about criticism. If it's coming from somebody I love and I care about. It depends on how it's delivered. Um, I don't know when the last time I've really been criticized, though. So I think I've been on the right track. <laughs> like, I try to be, like, aware of my surroundings and not overstep boundaries and things of that nature. Um, but I don't think I'm hypersensitive to criticism anymore. Um, next is you contain repressed anger and control issues. Wait, you contain repressed anger and control issues. What is what is this trying to say? Um, contain repressed anger and control issues. Mm. So does that mean that you try not to blow up at people because it'll cause them to leave, or you like try to like you try to control the situation? I feel like okay, so I kind of feel like I talked about the control thing, um, but. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. It could be rooted in um, abandonment. Like you don't express to people like what's really wrong because you don't want them to leave or you try to control the situation so that they don't leave. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Um, and then lastly, the last uh, symptom or the last telltale sign that maybe you have some abandonment things is you engage in self-blame frequently. I used to do that with guy number two. I used to think like the reason why we didn't talk was like me. I used to think that, you know, had I did this differently, had I did that differently, it would have went differently. Luckily, we were actually able to have conversations and I was made aware that we both were the problem. <laughs> we both were the problem. Um, but yeah, um, I used to blame myself for that situation going left when in reality, we both dropped the ball in so many different spots that it was definitely not just all on me. Was there things I definitely could have did better? Yeah, but there was things that he could have did better. And, you know, being okay saying that, we share the responsibility of why we're in the space that we're in right now. And I think that's what everybody, um, I share the blame all the time because everybody plays a part into why certain situations end up the way that they do. Um, so don't ever, you know, feel like you got to take all the responsibility on yourself. Accountability is great. Yes. But, you know, it doesn't help if you don't let the other person know or if the other person doesn't realize that they did something because then they're just going to move on and do the same thing to somebody else. And then somebody else got to go through what you went through. And it's like, yeah, no. We both played a part in this. There's both things we both could have did better. So I no longer take the blame for myself. Um, but I do take my part 
Um, that's why I got my podcast because I started doing internal work and working on myself and realizing where I have pitfalls, what causes me to run into these walls with guys and stuff of that nature. Um, so yeah, I have learned to take the responsibility and just be like, you know what? I ended up in this situation because I have abandonment issues, because I haven't worked through them and dealt with them and, you know, identified them and stood on my boundaries and, you know, learned to say no. Now I'm in situations that I shouldn't be in. So it's just like, I don't self-blame anymore. I definitely blame everybody in the situation. You get blamed. I get blamed. We're the blame. Blame them. <laughs> But I'm, I don't like like I don't hold grudges or anything like that. Like I'm not mad at you for how the situation ended. I'm not even mad at myself for how we ended up in the situation. I just take it as a learning experience and, you know, take it to help me to grow. So now I got a podcast and I'm 24 episodes in because, you know, I was able to go through different things that encouraged me to go inside and do real work and figure out what's going wrong so we can make some shit go right. Um, and then it says, generally psychologists attribute fear of abandonment to experiences, beliefs, and concepts we internalize as children. A child who is denied basic ne necessary comfort, such as physical affection, emotional connection, and safety, learns not to trust the permanence of these in adulthood. Ooh, damn, that's deep. Ooh. Ooh, that's deep. Okay. And then it says, like, um, some of the things that come up while in childhood is abuse, abandonment, neglect, death of a loved one, and emotional distance of a parent or caregiver. Ooh, that's deep. Okay, again, that's kind of rooted in your, your attachment style, so you're insecure and avoidant. Um, and then what's the one that combines the both? both of them anxiously avoid it. I don't know what it's called, but go watch the episode so you can know what I'm talking about. But yeah, so that would make sense. It's just like, if you didn't receive these things in your childhood, you don't even believe that it's a possibility that you're going to be able to run into these things in real life, um, which is why I feel like a lot of people say that women don't like the good guys or whatever, but it's just like if you haven't, if you have never had a good guy around you to give you an example of what a good guy looks like, you're just comfortable with the the toxicity. Not to say that you want that, but you're comfortable because that's what is familiar. So for me, do I want a guy that I have to chase after and that doesn't want to be in a relationship that's avoiding and all this other stuff? No. But is it comfortable? Yes, because now it triggers abandonment things that I've already had to process when I was a child that my mind is kind of used to. And well, it's kind of used to, but not used to and stuff like that. But it's like, it's it's comfortable. It's normal for me to have to, you know, chase after the validation from the man because my dad was in and out, in and out. So if I find a man that kind of repeats the in and out cycle, it helps me to be okay when in reality that's not okay um i should be able to believe that i deserve consistency i deserve what is it um not communication i deserve security 
um, consistency, security. Well, communication, yes, love, all this other stuff from an actual human being, a masculine presence. I deserve this stuff. But, you know, if you weren't able to get those things within childhood, it's hard as hell to find it and be okay with it in adulthood. Sometimes you get around that energy and you're just like, yo, what is it? Like, is it too good to be true? Like, you're literally waiting for the other shoe to drop when in reality, this is what your brain should have been getting used to the whole time while you were a child. But it's just like, we gravitate towards the unhealthy, toxic people because we're unhealthy and toxic. So it's funny because people be like, oh, why do women, we always like to talk about why women are attracted to the bad guys, not even realizing that these niggas, before they get to their 30s and 40s and want to settle down, they out here just smashing and dashing. So what the fuck wrong with y'all? Like, I'm sorry. I just got triggered for a second. <laughs> sorry. No, but for real, it really made me think of like, they really do be like, oh, women, um, always go towards the bad guys, but not even realizing that the same men that will say this will be men in their 30s and 40s that may be looking for a relationship now, but what was y'all doing in y'all tweens? Like, who was y'all trying to settle down with? Or were y'all running around to people telling people that you just want to be friends or you don't want to be in a relationship or whatever, but you're still engaging in sex and you're still being intimate and you're putting out all of this bad karma and everything else of that nature. Like, we like to talk about how women choose the bad guys, but never talk about how the men choose the bad girls. Or I ain't even gonna say they choose bad girls because I think a lot of the times the, the women that these guys will run through and smash and dash, granted, they're broken. I ain't gonna say that they're not broken. You wouldn't say anything that's unhealthy unless you were broken. But, you know, some of these people have a good heart. And it's not until you kind of smash and dash them that they end up just being like, okay, whatever. But I, I, I genuinely think that we get in that first relationship, probably around high school or whatever, get our hearts broken, and we turn into either monsters or demons. <laughs> we turn into something. So it's just like you get into that first relationship, and then you just get your heart broken. And now for men, they are on a spree of, okay, fuck that love shit. Let me focus on me or whatever the case may be. And But they end up going around spreading hurt to everybody because they didn't process or heal or whatever. And then for women, I think that for us, because we're seeking that masculine presence, we will do just about anything to get it. So we'll stay in unhealthy relationships. We'll keep putting ourselves into situations that we know ain't right for us and all this other stuff. So it's just like, we all just kind of go through like really bad experiences when we're younger and we're trying to heal and everything. But when men are constantly asking why do women run after the, the bad guy as if they weren't the bad guy once in their life that women was running after. Like, that shit's, buf like, befuzzling. I don't even know. Like, confuzzling to my brain. Like, you were once the bad guy that you keep asking why did women run after them. Like, so then you're, you're asking, really, why did women run after me? Because I was once that guy. So that's a lot of things that you need to ask yourself because you were once that guy. 
if I can, if if I'm not mistaken, majority of the men that are on these podcasts and everything that are talking and asking these questions of why do we only run after the good guys? When did you become a good guy? Were you a good guy throughout your twenties? Were you a good guy throughout high school years? Like, when did you become a good guy? Because if you didn't become a good guy until your thirties, well, then we were running into you. So. So why was we running after you? I don't know. You tell us. I don't know. But it's weird. I just don't like when people do that. Sorry, I went off on a tangent. Y'all know I get a little triggered every now and again. Um, but then, okay, so the next thing is a typical relationship involving, okay, so this is where we're going to get deep. And hopefully my camera doesn't go out of time. We're going to fingers cross it, but let's get started and start. But, okay, so this is what a typical relationship involving a person with abandonment issues might go through the following stages. So I'm going to correlate it to me as guy number two. Like I said, he has triggered so much of the abandonment stuff within me. And when I was reading through this, I was like, ooh, I go through this with him. So let's go. So the first stage is the getting to know one another stage. At this point, you feel relatively safe. You are not yet emotionally invested in the other person. So you continue to live your life in um, while enjoying time together, period. When we first started, like when we first met, I remember like I was not even texting first. I literally was letting him text me, reach out to me, like ask me if he could come over. Like I was literally meeting him where he was like at. Like I was not pushing anything i was just like okay whatever this is it's gonna be on his accord i was following his lead um just going with the flow or whatever the case may be so that's the first that's the first step the next phase is the honeymoon phase so it says you choose to commit willing to overlook possible red or yellow flags because you get along so well you start spending a great deal of time with the other person and you always enjoy yourself. You start to feel secure. So we didn't necessarily commit like relationship wise, but we were really consistent. Um, it was to the point where um, we'd be on the phone all night together. Um, he like uh, worked out of state. So like anytime he came into state, he would come see me. Like it was really like some consistent, it was really good but did i overlook the red flag the biggest one was i'm not looking for a relationship that was the biggest red flag that i overlooked and i don't know why but i do know why and it's because i was naive and i i don't fault myself it's okay you didn't know but that was the biggest red flag that i overlooked was i didn't want to be in a relationship i really should have got the fuck asap but no i kept going because it feels good right you know you don't want to be in a relationship, but I'm getting consistency. We're talking on the phone. We're getting to know each other. You know, we're having great sex, all this good stuff. So, yeah. <laughs> honeymoon phase was fire. It was fire for the most part. It just felt really good to be in the honeymoon phase. I think the honeymoon phase for everybody is, like, the best. It's the best. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I definitely overlooked that big red flag that was just, like, girl running in the opposite direction. So the next one, the next phase is the real relationship. And then it says real life intervenes. People get sick, have family problems, work difficult hours, worry about, 
They worry about money and need time to get things done. Although this is a normal step in a relationship, it can terrify someone with the fear of abandonment who mistakenly perceives that you're pulling away. If you have this fear, you are probably battling with yourself and trying very bad not to express your worries for fear of appearing clingy. That was real. Okay, so y'all, okay, it was one time where he had came over because um, he writes books and stuff like that, and he works um, construction. So it was one time he came over where he was working on his book. Um, I didn't like that. Um, but I didn't share that. Um, but I think it plays into like you try not to appear clingy. I could have communicated like, you know, we don't get to spend much time together. Is it possible that you could put that down and we could really interact? I didn't do that. I really just for the most part, when he was working on his book, I started working on school stuff. Did I want to work on school stuff? Hell no. Nah. So in his mind. He was like, well, you was working on your stuff. I was working on my stuff, so there shouldn't have been a problem. But there was a problem because I wanted to spend quality time together, but I didn't communicate that. Um, so, you know, he's trying to work on his entrepreneurial stuff. I'm over here working on school stuff, though I didn't want to. So it's like real life kind of gets in the way. But more recently, um, he's had to go through grief type of situations um that has pulled him away um and everything so it's just like that real life stuff that gets in the way and he has pulled back so much like to where i haven't talked to him in like a month and a half um, um so or like two months or whatever i don't know but real life has happened so that fear of appearing and clingy that's why i said that separation anxiety i've been trying to hold off on just reaching out and trying to force myself into his life because there's a lot going on like a lot going on in his life um so i'm trying to give him that space and everything that you're but that's the relationship phase so we kind of this is, uh, we had different moments where we kind of have interacted from the first time we came together. This example is the second time we came together. So um, the next phase is light. So it's a light occurs. Um, it could be an unanswered text message, an unreturned phone call, or a request for a few days of alone time. Honestly, if he would have requested alone time, we would be a okay. He just backed off. So I got to assume that you just want a long time because you're not responding and all this other stuff. Um, but that's where the slight comes in is like the unanswered text messages and the unreturned phone calls. Like that's been grinding my gears. <laughs> that's been grinding my gears. Like I do understand like you don't have to respond. You really don't. But like I said, if you ask for the alone time, I would be so much better with that than you just taking it and not communicating anything. Like I have become really big on communicating, which is why it shouldn't, like it really should be a thing of me just like giving him space, whatever, and going about my business and continuing to, which I haven't stopped my life. Like I'm still out there like 
put myself out there. I haven't stopped my life when it comes to other guys, but it's just, I know communication is a big thing for me. And if he can't do that, that's a problem. But, you know, I can understand how you can see that as a slight because now you're ignoring. I don't like that ignoring thing. And it, it really does make you feel some type of way when they just go to ignoring. But then you try to remember they have a life. But then you're just like, okay, I already communicated. Like, it's okay that you don't want to talk. Just say that. Just say that. Just say you don't want to talk. And I'm good. I'm really big on that. Like you, it's so easy to just be like, I don't want to talk right now, or I'm going through a lot right now, or I like, I'll have to catch up with you some other time or something like that. But just to pull away and not say anything, grinds my gears. But you know, not everybody's going to communicate how you want them to communicate. So you got to learn to be okay with that. So the next phase is their reaction. It says, what happens next is almost entirely determined by your fear of abandonment. It's severity and the preferred coping style. To you, this looks like your partner no longer loves you. In reality, your partner didn't return your text because they were driving busy, etc. Some people handle this by becoming clingy and demanding, assisting that their partner prove their love by jumping through hoops. Others run away, rejecting their partners before they are rejected. Still, others feel that the slight is their fault and attempt to transform themselves into the perfect partner to prevent a breakup. So we're not in a relationship. So some of this stuff I really can't hold him to. If we were in a relationship, this would not be okay. Um, because we're not in a relationship, I can't hold him to a lot of these things um, because there's not necessarily any rules he's breaking. Um, there is boundaries he's crossing of mine, which is that no communicating thing. I definitely have communicated to him that I'm not a fan of the no communicating thing. Um, so it's just like, yeah, but it's like, if you want to get to a better space with somebody, you can always find somebody else. You really can. You don't have to sit here and endure this. Um, you can always go find somebody that's going to communicate with you and be effective and everything of that nature. Like, you don't have to endure this. But, you know, I'm also, like, trying to figure out how to be okay in these situations. Because even when I do find somebody else, they could turn around and do these things. So am I just going to jump from person to person to person every time that somebody crosses a boundary of mine? Or am I going to learn how to be good internally and then just, you know, attract somebody else or whatever the case may be. Again, if we were in a relationship, there's different standards I could hold him to. But because we're not together, it's like, I don't necessarily think he doesn't love me. I don't necessarily even know if he ever loved me. Um, so that's not what I'm worried about. Um, as far as the slight thing goes, I think it's more so just like, it can cause you to reach out more or be more clingy and stuff like that when you're not communicating because now I'm just like, what the fuck is going on? Like, what is happening? Are you ever coming back into my life? Like, what, what is the deal? Like, it really does start to cause you to be so frictiony. So I can understand why that would be the next step is how you, how you react to the slight um, and everything coming up. I don't react terribly because it's not my place to react terribly. Again, if I was his girlfriend, that would be completely different. This would not be okay. But because I'm just a friend that we just kind of got intertwined really deep, and it just, 
it feels like girlfriend status, but I can't hold them to that. So I'm just trying to learn how to be okay in situations like this. Like most people would just be like, girl, let it go, move on. But it's like, there's years into this. There's a connection into this. So I'm just trying to figure out how to be internally okay. I am not like against moving on at all, but I have to know how to be okay because this situation could come back up with somebody else. The thing about life is whatever you suck at battling is usually going to keep coming into your life for you to have to fight that battle until you learn how to handle it. So it's like, I, I want to figure it out before I try to involve somebody else and I still don't know how to handle, you know, people not going, like doing this stuff because we don't know how people are going to react when they go through life changes. Like you got to think when you get to age 40s and 50s, that's when your parents start going through their own health things and what the loss of a parent and a, like these different things could cause a person to do. So even when I'm in a relationship with somebody, even if it never happens to be this number two and it happens to be somebody else, I have to know like if they start pulling away, it is nothing against me. It's nothing I can do. Can I remind them to uphold the boundaries of the relationship? Yes, I definitely can. But am I just going to leave them because like they have their off days? Like, no, that just does not make sense. Um, so I'm just trying to learn how to be better in this situation. So when I do move on, um, it's easier to process this stuff. It doesn't help to just keep moving on from person to person because you don't know how to be okay with the person that's in front of you. I have to learn how to be okay with this gift that God gave me before I can receive another gift. Um, and that's just that on that. But if I don't ever learn how to deal with this battle, I can't ask God to keep giving me stuff and thinking that it's not going to come with his own set of challenges. So I'm definitely trying to work on not being so attached to somebody not responding to a text message, not being so attached to somebody not calling me back, not being so attached to them maybe leaving out of my life because they have stuff going on. Of course, when you're married and stuff, it's not going to be that because they get to come home to you. But, you know, it's still kind of that same battle. Like, that person could lose their parent and go to a whole nother state or something. I don't know. But it's like, I'm trying to learn how to be okay within this situation before I move on. So I definitely had to clarify that because most people will just be like, girl, just move on. Like, this is not even your man. Like, why are you hung up over this? And it's just like, you don't realize that the battles that you're fighting now is going to come later on in life. So you're still going to have to fight them at some point. So I'd rather figure out the battles now before I keep running into the same situation. I have to keep hopping from man to man to man because I'm tired of hopping. I want to just settle on a man. I'm tired of hopping from man to man to man. So I'm trying to figure out stuff in the situations that I get put in front of me before I involve anybody else. So next, the next phase is your partner's reaction. And it says, your sudden personality shift seems to come from out of the left, out of left field. Your partner probably has no idea why their previously confident, why their previously confident, laid-back partner is suddenly acting clingy and demanding, smothering them with attention or pulling away altogether. As with other phobias, no one can simply talk someone out of their fear of abandonment. No matter how many times they are reassured, it will not be enough. Eventually, their behavior patterns and consolable 
reactions could drive others away, leading to the very conclusion the person feared most, which is real, which is like, it's, I always start off so nonchalant. I start off so good. It's not until you get connected that then you turn into this clingy person that don't want to let go, that don't know how to handle things. So I'm trying to recognize when that when that person comes in, that clingy person, and how to not let her present herself. Um, because that is ultimately pushing everybody away from me. Because not everybody can handle clingy. Um, clingy is not healthy. Now, it's it's... I think it's healthy to want to be around your mate, yes. But when you're doing it out of fear, it gets to be overbearing, especially when they have real life shit going on. When it's just like, I'm not even knowing how to get through my own life. And now I'm responsible for how to get you through your life. And it's like, you end up putting so much pressure on them, which is probably why I got to understand why he pulls back sometimes. Cause he he knows he knows what I want from a really like from out of a person like he knows I want marriage he knows I want kids he knows I want all this stuff and stuff but because he's going through so much and it's like I can understand why the pullback probably has happened you know it's like I'm going through my own shit like I don't have time to cater like and it's not even in a bad way but I don't have time to cater to what you need right now because I don't even know what I need right now and I have to figure out what I need. And so sometimes as the band, like person that fears abandonment, we get so wrapped up in what we need that we forget the whole other person. So I'm like working on being okay letting go. Letting go and being okay with letting go. Because what's meant for me is go come back to me. Like we don't known each other for four years and we haven't been consistently in each other's life, but he keep coming back to me. So if he's really meant for me, he go come back to me again. But I have to be okay with letting him go to know that he can even come back to me. But if if I keep trying to force it, it's gonna cause him to be pushed away completely and he's never gonna come back to me. So I was like, I'm over here working my ass off to build up who I am as a person so that if he's mine, he can come back to me without you know, the pressure or without it being like, okay, the only reason why I'm here is because she was here. It's more so I missed her. I miss what she offered me. I miss hearing her voice. I miss talking to her, laughing with her, these things like that. Cause you gotta give people the chance to miss you. Um, and I think with people that fear abandonment, we don't give people the, the time to miss us because we're always in their face if we're anxiously attached. <laughs> but if we're avoiding, we don't even care. I mean, they don't even care. So, But if you're anxiously attached, when you have abandonment issues, you're always in their face. You don't give them time to miss you to even know if they genuinely want you or if you they're like they just got you because you're there. And so I don't want to ever just be with somebody because I'm there. I want them to genuinely want me, the want to come to me. So my biggest thing with abandonment is learning how to let go and let God. That's That's been my biggest lesson to learn is to let go and let God and not feel like I need control of everything too. Because of everything that would have transpired in our, in our childhoods, 
we feel like we have this sense of control as we get older, which is why we try to navigate everything in a specific type of way is where we like think that we have control, but really you have nothing, like no control over anything but you. And in order to maintain your own control, you gotta know who you are. You gotta know what is the reason why you're putting yourself in these situations. What is the reasons why you're not willing to walk away or let go and all this other stuff. So I'm really just trying to focus on me so that I can just let go. And then if he's meant for me, he'll come back. Like, he knows how I feel about him. He'll come back if he's meant for me or if he wants me. But I'm just working on just letting go and just letting him process everything. Because when he do come back to me, he'll give me what I desire, what I want, because he knows what I want. But if I keep trying to force it on them, it's only going to push them away. And that's the case with anybody. Say if I do move on to somebody else, if I don't ever learn how to control my abandonment stuff, all it's going to do is cause me to make the same mistakes, which is let people run over my boundaries, not stand firm in what I'm comfortable with, um, not being okay with them not returning phone calls and not texting when I actually care about this person. And I don't want to go through that anymore. Like, I want this to be the last situation that I ever have to feel like this ever again. Even if he comes back into my life, like, there's a whole new dejeuner that you got to deal with. Now, if you're really ready to deal with her, then we can move forward. But there is a whole new dejeuner you're going to have to deal with. The same old, you can come in here, no relationship type of, like, no, nah, that's not a thing anymore. Um, and that's what anybody that comes into my life, like, I know what I want. And if you don't align with that, then it's not going to work. So, but you got to be okay with knowing that everybody can't provide that for you. There's a reason why there's just that one person to get married to. You just got to get to that one person. But if you are so scared that you're never going to get to that one person, then you end up settling for somebody that was never good for you anyways, and now you're just stuck. So try and be okay with just letting go and not rushing and letting go, letting go, and trying to get a different type of community around me to where I don't put the pressures on a man to fulfill me. They just can come in and add happiness to me. I want him to be able to come into my life and just add happiness because I'm already happy. I'm already very positive. I'm already, and we just come together and add that to each other's life. Not me be dependent on him to provide happiness because no person can provide you with what you need except for you. So, yeah. So that's the, the that's all the different phases of what a relationship with a dependent person can look like. Now, if y'all notice that y'all do this stuff. Let me know <laughs> so I cannot feel like I'm the only person that's in this. But um, it sounded like me when I read through it. So maybe it sounded like you when I was reading through it. And if you notice that's, that tends to be how your relationships go, you might got some abandonment things you need to work on. Go ahead and pause. Take a step back and start working on it so that you can move through relationships in a healthy fashion, you know. Then uh, let me close this out with the last final things from the website, and then that's going to be it for abandonment. Okay, so it says, although treating the fear itself is critical, it is also essential to build a feeling of belonging. 
Rather than focusing all of your energy and devotion on a single partner, focus on building a community. No one person can solve all of our problems or meet all of our needs, but a solid group of several close friends can each play an important role in our lives. Many people with a fear of abandonment state that they never felt like they had a tribe or a pack. When they were growing up, for whatever reason, they always felt other or disconnected from those around time. Wait, no, those around them. I don't know where I got time from. But the good news is that's that it's never too late. Um, whatever your current stage of life is, oh wait, whatever your current stage of life, it is important to surround yourself with other like-minded individuals. Make a list of your current hobbies, passions, and dreams, then find others who share your interests. While it is true that not everyone who shares an interest will become a close friend, hobbies and dreams are an excellent stepping stone towards building a solid support network. Working on your passions also help build self-confidence and belief that you are strong enough to cope with whatever life throws your way. So I wholeheartedly like agree with everything that I just said. I haven't had a pack of people since elementary, middle school. <laughs> I don't even know. Since I was a kid, and honestly, I've only had a pack of people at school. When I left out of school, I didn't have a pack of people anymore. Um, when I came home, I didn't have a pack of people. I felt like the odd went out, probably because I went to white schools and everybody else went to black schools. So they just kind of ghetto, and I was kind of proper. I, I don't know. Not And not even talking down on them or anything like that. Like They just really just went to the black schools, and we were put in the white school. So it's like we were disconnected. I didn't feel like I could connect with none of my family members. So I didn't have a tribe outside of school. And then once I left from middle school to high school, I completely lost my tribe of people. And I haven't had a tribe of people since. Um, and I think that's the, the reason why I focus so much on that missing aspect of that masculinity is because I don't have anything else. Um, so when your heart is already yearning for a masculine presence. You kind of latch on to whatever comes into your life. But if you have other things that could fulfill you in the same way that that presence could, yeah, they can't have sex with you or whatever. But they can fulfill you in the same ways that that person would. You would be okay. So I have been working on building my pack. So luckily, my sister just moved back home, so I get my sister time. Um, my friend, um, I'm going to start traveling up to go see her so that that connection stay strong um i've been look i've been trying to get my hobbies passions and everything together my dreams which is this podcasting i want to start doing more with other people when it comes to podcasting just building up my life so that when my perfect partner comes into my life i'm not depending on them to be my life i'm just adding them to it and vice versa they're adding me to theirs um so Yes, build your pack. Those five to ten people. Y'all know we don't talk about them five to ten people. But build your pack. Find those people that are going to be in your corner so that when that relationship, that intimate relationship does come, you don't feel like you got to put everything on that person. Um, and I think that's what my struggle has been is trying to fill up the, the person to be like my whole entire life. And it's like, that's not conducive that's not that's not even possible like what the hell so I'm just like working on me building my circle my community my life um so that when my partner comes about they can just 
be that last puzzle piece. It's funny because like I want to like I have puzzles right now that I want to start doing. And I was telling my friend that, you know, all the aspects of your life should be the puzzle piece. And like where I was previously is like I have a 500 piece puzzle piece. I was telling my friend that 450 of them pieces <laughs> was like men, like trying to get a boyfriend, trying to be in a relationship. And it's like, that's crazy because the other 50 pieces, which is not even, that's so less than maybe even 10%. No, that's like 10% of the puzzle is focused on your life. Like that should never be a thing. There should be where 50 like 50 puzzle pieces is for your man and the other 450 is your life. Like he should be a piece of your puzzle, not the whole entire puzzle. And that's what I've been working on is how to swap out the amount of pieces that a man fits into my life. I don't want them to be my whole entire life just because I didn't have a masculine presence. I just want them to complete the puzzle when they do come into it. But I have to start piecing the puzzle together so that they can complete it. So I need to figure out what those other 450 pieces are going to be, whether that's my podcast or that's doing the pole dancing or maybe other dancing or going to the beach or spending time with my sisters or spending time with family or whatever the case may be, I have to fill up those other puzzle pieces with that so that when he comes in, he don't have to be the whole puzzle because it's a lot on them when they got to be their own puzzle and your puzzle too. So you all with abandonment issues, just think about the type of stress that you put onto your partner when they come into your life and not even to think about them in a sense of you got to always care about them and all this other stuff but if you don't ever work on yourself you're going to be hurting other people or you're going to be pushing them away because you're not healed or you don't have a lot going on for yourself so you depend on this person to not go anywhere and that's another thing we also tend to forget too is like God sent people into our life as gifts, but just as much as he gives us a gift of people, he can take those people away. And thanks too. Like my car, I think I done told y'all, my car was totaled. He took that away. Like I didn't get attached to it, but you could get attached to your car, but you gotta realize like he gives us things and he takes it away. If you believe in God or you give yourself things and you, they get taken away if you don't believe in God. I don't know, but I believe in God. So he gives us gifts and he take them away. You have to be okay of him taking the gifts away because there's a reason why he's doing that. Like if you think about with the parent, we can give children candy sometimes, but they have to be okay when we take the candy away because a lot of candy is not good for you. So it could be the reason why he's taking people out of your life is because something about that situation was not helping you to grow anymore or you were getting stuck or something of that nature. Like something was bad for you. So he had to take it away from you. Focus on those things of what is like, what was going wrong? Like what could have possibly been the reason why he took this person from out of my life? Like, or what could it be teaching me? Even like outside of just like a person leaving out your life with, somebody passing away, that's something you definitely can't control. But, you know, what part did this person play in my life? 
it like am I able to form that bond with somebody else? Can I create something like this again? Like and not get attached to the person so much so that you shut down and you don't want to build a connection with anybody else. Because we are given people, but we are also taken, like people are taken away from us. Like I already know that, you know, once my mom is out on this earth, I have a big hole to fill. Um, so I have to start figuring out how the hell I'm gonna fill that hole because that's gonna be a big hole to fill. Um, but you got to start figuring out how to interchange in stuff and people and stuff like that so that you don't get so caught up on the people not being there no more that you like stop living and you stop connecting and you stop giving your all in life because that's not, I don't, I don't think that's the purpose of them being taken out of your life. It's for you to be able to continue to search for this in other places and not being so stuck on getting this from one place. So yeah, y'all, um, I think that's where I'm going to end it because I don't want it to stop before it's over. But I think I've kind of said what I need to say about abandonment. Like it takes a lot to get through abandonment things. Um, it is hard to be okay with losing people and that you care so much about or that you built a bomb with, but it's okay. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. You're going to be okay. Lucy. <laughs> More so I'm crying is like, I really have to tell myself this, like, it's okay losing people. Because, like, that's the thing about us. Because we are beings of love you're always gonna have the opportunity to run into people that can provide that into your life. But you gotta keep going. And in order to do that, you gotta know it's okay that people are taken from out of your life. So definitely don't get caught up on, you know, certain people being removed from out of your life and don't get caught up on trying to keep people there because it's gonna be okay. As long as you keep going, you're always gonna be able to replace that feeling of whatever they provided for you, you're gonna be able to replace it. But if you get so caught up on not thinking that it's ever gonna come back or not being okay moving on and stuff like that, you're always gonna hold yourself back from real connections and that's not okay. So yeah, y'all heal. Tell yourself it's okay and continue to keep going. But yeah, uh, I'm a bucket full of tears, but I, I already told y'all last week that this this going to be like some very emotional times for me for the next few episodes because I'm in a space of growing and healing and everything of that nature. So bear with me. I'm going to be crying and it's okay. I love crying. It helps to release. I think crying is whatever trauma was pent up in your body, it releases it. So I'm not mad at crying. It's it's so refreshing. But yeah, it's okay that people leave out your life. 
I just got to keep telling y'all that. And I really got to keep telling myself, like, Dejanay, it's okay that people leave out your life because as long as you keep going, you're going to be able to replace that energy. I promise you, you will. So, yeah, that's going to be it for Abandonment, y'all. Um, and then, like I said, for the next few episodes, it's going to be six episodes, I believe, on um, Healing My Inner Child, which I'm going to be crying some more, so get ready. Have your, your napkins or whatever. If you cry when other people cry, I'm going to be crying, so we're going to be crying together. So have your napkins and everything ready. And also take notes. Like It may can help you to do some of the things that I may go through with myself or tell myself some of these things. And maybe you need to tell yourself some of these things. I don't know. But be ready because the next six episodes going to be it's gonna be it's gonna be deep but come on this journey with me i'm trying to heal myself and i'm going on the journey with y'all so let's get it let's go i can't wait to experience this um and be able to share it with y'all so yes tune in for the next six when well tune in for the rest of y'all life honestly but definitely for the next six uh wednesdays we gonna go deep and learn some stuff but yeah so like comment subscribe and then check me out on uh spotify apple Podcasts, and then you can follow me on tiktok facebook instagram and yeah and i will tune in with y'all next week i'm so ready to take this a little deeper and get some more healing done because i'm just trying to feel lighter and get all this stuff on my chest that i just been holding in for forever and I get to do it with y'all. And maybe it can encourage y'all to do the same thing. Like I said, I want to talk my shit so y'all can talk y'all shit too. I mean that. And hopefully I get to the point where I can actually hear y'all shit. And we can really talk shit together. Like, I can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, this is Talk Your Shit with Asia where we drop the eye. Because not only can I talk our shit, but I want you to talk your shit too. <laughs> and I will tune in with y'all next week, Wednesday, 7 o'clock, where we will be talking about healing. You're in the child. And I'll see y'all then. Bye.